In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day here with me, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It'll be terrific. I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I got to hear the legendary motivational speaker Les Brown recently, and something he said really struck me, and it was simply this. If your dream is different from the story you tell yourself, you will always manifest your story. I want to say that again because that's just so profound. If your dream is different from the story you tell yourself, you will always manifest your story. One of the things that must happen if we are going to achieve our dreams is that we must believe we deserve what we want. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Perhaps we grew up in a family where we were told to play it safe. Perhaps we have friends or significant others who don't want to see us get hurt by trying and then not making it. But let me tell you, if the dream was put in your heart, then whatever you really need to make your dream come true is available and waiting for you. But you must believe if you deserve success. That has to come first. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my guest. And before I forget... Let me give you the number to call in in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Dr. Allie Arnold. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Allie Arnold is the founder of Head Games and Scream and Run Naked. She is internationally known as a fear liberator. Whether it's with the U.S. Olympics gymnastics team, uh, United States figure skating, American Express, Boeing, or reality shows such as Scott Bayo is 45 and Single, Charm School, and Bad Girls Club, uh, Doc Alley helps people and organizations take off their limiting beliefs and scream their greatness. Her intense in-your-face style has disarmed many people as well as stuck patterns. Doc Alley conducts intensive weekend seminars and individual boot camps, and she t- teaches that nothing external is stopping you from living the life you were born to live. Liberation is an inside job. If you are stuck in a job, relationship, or self-defeating pattern, or afraid to break out of a comfort zone, then Doc Alley says you're lying to yourself and to step out of fear and into your greatness. With all of this in mind, here is today's guest, Allie Arnold. Allie, are you there? I am there. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It is really a pleasure to have you on the show. We've been talking about this for a few weeks, and our schedule's finally synced up, and here we are. I'm so glad to have you here. Yes, it's good to be here. Thank you. You're very welcome. So the first thing I ask every single guest I have is, how did you get started? Let's talk about your background. Let's talk about uh, what led to 
what you're currently doing right now? Well, um, I kind of spent my life as a, a type A overachiever, I think. You know, I was kind of born to middle-class Jewish parents, and I don't know if you're familiar with that culture, but it's a culture of, you know, education and doing more and more and more, and um, a really great culture, actually. And from that, I just started um, doing all kinds of things in my life. I was a gymnast, and I, you know, succeeded in that, and of course I went to college, and I always felt, though, that there was something missing for me, that even though I was doing things that were really cool and and I was having some adventures in my life, it kind of always felt like I was a little bit dead inside, like I would wake up, go to school or go to college. By this time, I was in my master's program, and I would go to college, then I would do my homework, and I worked as a waitress, and I just felt like something was missing, like maybe I was just going through the motions. I think a lot of people feel that way. And so finally for me, because I was always a deep thinker, I always loved like Eastern philosophy and the Kung Fu show, you know, like David Carradine in the Kung Fu show. And he'd be like, grasshopper, can I, you know, get that rock out of your hand? I always loved that kind of philosophy. And so finally, when I felt a little bit dead inside after all this kind of running and running and more running and more running through my life, Finally, in 2001, I went to Nepal and I lived in a monastery and I started to work with athletes on how to control your mind um, to create the the life that you want. And mostly it's things I learned from living in monasteries in Nepal and Thailand. But I do this now with companies and with athletes and, like you said, with, with some reality shows on VH1. But really, it's all about... Even though you're so successful or, or you're almost to where you want to be, mm-hmm. sometimes we still feel like we're not quite there. Yeah. And so what I do is help people kind of break through those blocks so they can really step into yeah. that last part of their greatness and success. Wow. That's, that's really incredible. The thing that stuck with me about what you just said is that you moved to Nepal and lived in a monastery. Um, that must have been a huge paradigm shift for you. What is it that uh, gave you the gumption and the courage to move that far away from home? How long were you there? Well, I wasn't there very long. I was only there for five months. Okay. Um, So I didn't leave for years and years and years. But um, I knew that I wanted to learn more about how to control your mind Mm. to create what you want. And I remember I was watching National Geographic, and I was watching these monks, and and many of you might have seen these monks, that could sit in the Himalayan snow caves, and they could melt the snow just by changing their thoughts. And I was working for USA Gymnastics um, as our national team sports psychologist, which I'm still in that position. And I was thinking, wow, if these monks can do that, Hopefully, I can learn something that will help these athletes be able to stay on the balance beam to win an Olympic gold medal, or hopefully I can help a CEO kind of break through a comfort zone when he feels stuck or some salesperson feels stuck, you know, in a certain level of income or, you know, how can I help people break free? So that's what drew me to go to Nepal. I really felt that Eastern philosophy had something to teach us about that type of mindset. 
Wow. And, of course, we will discuss, you know, breaking through limiting beliefs and controlling the mind a lot more on this show as we continue through. Uh, I want to ask you about your coaching practice uh, because it sounds like Eastern philosophy is a huge influence in what formulated how you do things. Were there other influences that sort of helped mold who you became and how you teach others? Yeah, I think a lot of my influences – you know, came from some quantum physics stuff. Also, I think when you blend Eastern philosophy, which is about mindfulness, which is about presence, which is about being, you know, observant of thought and not going on the ride of the monkey mind, as we call it, going Mm -hmm. on the monkey mind field trip of our crazy minds. And then you combine that with some of the newer, well, it's not really new, but some of the new um, ideas and theories of quantum physics and how your mind creates reality. Or if we look at um, kind of some, some older philosophies about how your mind is, is obviously made of energy and how we're energetic beings and we affect each other, even looking at Kabbalah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of my influences is quantum physics and some um, Kabbalah or Kabbalah and, uh, mm-hmm. and Eastern philosophy. Wow, that's that's a really interesting mix of of, of fields. And I, I tell you what, when when you it's it's almost like when you're you, you have a recipe and you've got different parts and you mix them together and you decide to experiment with things. I mean, quantum physics and Eastern philosophy you wouldn't think of as going together, but it sounds like you've you've made it work together. It's like picking and choosing that which resonates with you and making it fit within who you are. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that's so important for all of us, you know, that that you have to come from a place where you're congruent to who you are and what you believe and what you're passionate about. I think what what Eastern philosophy does is it gives me a way to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And then what quantum physics does is it reminds me of how impactful that way is about how powerful we really are in terms of creating our own reality, creating our own success and creating Mm. relationships. So Eastern philosophy Mm. gives me the basis and then maybe some, you know, energetic teachings of Kabbalah and then Mm -hmm. quantum physics again, gives me the way that's communicated. Yeah. That's great. So let me ask, how did you get started as a coach? I mean, you had these philosophies that you you meshed together and it formulated your coaching philosophy. How did you get started and when did you decide to be a coach? Well, I am one of those crazy people that I knew I wanted to be a psychologist since I was 13 years old Mm. because I loved people. And I always thought that people were so incredibly beautiful and I always wanted to help them unleash that, unleash whatever it was. And even as, again, even as a, as a teenager or I have to think even younger, I, I knew I wanted to do that. But I spent most of my life as an athlete and I was a gymnast myself. And then in 1997, like I alluded to earlier, I started working as the sports psychologist to USA Gymnastics. And so I've been there for Oh gosh, what is it? Is it 15 years now? And it's um, four Olympic cycles and Mm. just training the mind there. And we've had so much success at USA Gymnastics. I think from that, I began to speak more corporately and coach more corporate because Mm. people said, oh my God, how do you do this with these elite athletes? Because I I do it with with golfers. I work with golfers, you know, Mm. whether it be 
professional golfers or be a weekend warrior golfer. Right. Um, but they would say, you do this with athletes. How can we do this with our sales team? How can we do this, you know, with other people? And um, that's how I got started coaching. And my practice now is probably, my practice now is probably about two-thirds athlete and one-third more corporate personal. So I'm still kind of divided in the athlete realm. That's I do. Great. Yeah, I do six colleges. I do six NCAA schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I do University of Alabama, you know, who had okay. a huge year last year, and Utah okay. and Denver and Oregon State and great. Michigan. So okay. we, just are, a lot of we are coming up against the break, and okay. uh, we will be right back after this break. We are on with Allison Arnold this week, and this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay tuned. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Ever been confused about the facts surrounding non-surgical rejuvenation and cosmetic plastic surgery? We're pleased to introduce to the Rockstar Radio Network audience, Spirit Lift, plastic surgery for the soul. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, host Kim McKenna and plastic surgeon Dr. Sadi Irfani will help dispel the myths surrounding this exciting field and lift the veil of mystery on a very important topic. With advances in nutrition and self-care, many of us want to look as young and vibrant outside as we feel inside. Plus, listeners will be able to call in live and share their questions and get advice on the air. A show where you will learn how to look and feel your best and be your best. Join us to have your spirit lifted on Spirit Lift, plastic surgery for the soul. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Doc Allie Arnold. And if you'd like to call in and talk to her, ask a question, uh, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And Allie, in the last segment, uh, we talked about where your coaching philosophy came from and where it has started to lead you. You talked about being the sports psychologist for the U.S. Olympic women's gymnastic team. They won a team gold medal in London. So let me ask you, how did that particular opportunity come to you in the first place? Mm, well, I had spent most of my life as a gymnast, and so I knew I knew the mind of gymnasts. I knew the crazy mind of gymnasts and coaches and gymnastics parents. And uh, we'd won a gold medal in 1996. And after that, USA Gymnastics really wanted to continue that success. And they put out a you know, kind of an APB, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to find ex-gymnasts in the field of psychology and nutrition that could work with our current team, that could really identify. They wanted to find ex-athletes that knew the sport inside and out. And so um, I kind of heeded that call and became that uh, more of a mental toughness coach to USA Gymnastics starting then in 1997. Wow. That's great. Did you find that during the Olympic trials, for example, and during the preparation process, I mean, obviously, uh, the skill set has to be there, but if their minds aren't quite there, that eliminates some of these people from qualifying for the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, of course, of course, that's how it is in in sport and in life. If you have, you can have all the skills to be successful, but if your mind or your vision or your emotional control isn't mm-hmm. in the right place. Yeah. Kind of what you said that you got out of your weekend workshop, I think, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were saying, Brian, earlier about um, that if you have a vision of what you want, but you also have a belief system that says you can't get it, that belief system is always going to win out. Exactly. And you exactly. see that in sport all the time. Yeah, for sure. All well, the let time. Me- let me ask, uh, Allie, what is it like to consult with elite athletes? I mean, is their mindset in a different place than the general population, or are they elite because they have more skills? What do you think it is? Well, I don't know if it's different than the general population, but one thing is for sure. I mean, elite athletes, most of them are, are perfectionists. You know, they're mostly type A people, and I've noticed that a lot of them – Uh, put a lot of pressure on themselves. Now, I think a lot of us put a lot of pressure on ourselves too, but definitely elite elite athletes put a lot of pressure. And one of my favorite quotes is by a sports psychologist named Gary Mack, and he talks about over-trying leads to underperforming. And so sometimes what I work with the most elite athletes is getting them not to over-try. Because when someone's forcing something, and I think even in business you feel this, you know, you're with a salesperson and they're really forcing the sale and you feel their desperation behind the sale. Um, When when we're forcing something, instead of just being in the flow and trusting, it's felt all the way around. And if you're a lead athlete, it might cost you to miss that putt. If you're, you know, a business professional, it might cost you an account if they just feel a little bit of neediness in your delivery. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I was thinking about, um, I can't remember whether it was the team competition or the all around, but Gabby Douglas was ahead basically the whole tournament. And you come down to your last event, you're ahead. 
the pressure is absolutely enormous. I mean, what has to be racing through the mind of someone who's in first and has a chance to grab that gold medal? What, what do you think is going through someone's mind in that moment, and how do they execute? Well, there's so many things that could be going through their minds, and there's some things that would be really helpful and some things that are going to cost them that gold medal. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know Gabby very well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Gabby is an athlete that really does best when she's having fun Mm. and when she slows herself down. Mm. And so for her, I know what's going through her mind is breathe, relax, just do what I do and let it happen. Now, there's other athletes that I call more fiery athletes that need to be sometimes psyched up a little bit. And before that last event uh, to win that gold medal, they might need to think, I can do this, I'm the best, um, I'm going to show them what I got. So it all depends on what style a person is and what they need to get into their ideal mental state. We talk a lot about the IMS or the ideal mental state. Mm. Wow, that, that's great. And uh, there are a lot of applications to, to business and life in that too because, I mean, you have to identify, are you the kind of person that performs better when you're relaxed? Are you the kind of person that's more uh, productive when you're all hyped up, I think there are people in both of those camps. And, and, of course, your job would be to figure that out and help them excel where they excel. Yeah, and maybe in different situations, it's going to mm-hmm. work best for you to be mm-hmm. you know, a fire. And in other situations, it might work, work best for you to be more like a water. But yeah. you need to have the emotional control. Mm-hmm. It's, both, it's two things. It's vision mm-hmm. and it's emotional control. The vision part of it is mm-hmm. knowing who you are and knowing who you want to be and how you want to step out and communicate that to the world. Right. Now, the emotional right. control is... Do you let your stuff or your crap or all mm-hmm. of your baggage get in the way so mm-hmm. that you're not really communicating that vision? Right. So we did talk a little bit about what it's like to be a front runner and what has to go through someone's mind when they are just so close to capturing the title and what they have to be thinking about. What if you're the person that's in second or third place and you're, you're still close, but there are people in front of you who are in your way? What kind of a mindset would an elite athlete have in that scenario? Now, again, it's going to be different for whatever works for an elite athlete. But I would say for most athletes, you know, you don't want to think about what place you're in. You want to think about what you need to do to perform the best to you in your ability. Mm. So um, sometimes. So not worry about what other people are doing. Yeah, that, that's usually best is, is maybe you might notice what other people are doing and maybe you might use that as fuel to kind of move you forward. But if you worry too much about everyone else, you're leaving yourself behind. Yeah. So really it's about what do I need? What do I need to do? What do, how do I need to be to step into my best self? Yeah. And you're using any self-talk to get you into that place. Again, you might use other people as motivation, but you don't mm-hmm. want to fixate too much on what other, other people are doing. You want to keep a firm eye gaze or like laser-like intention, right. keep your mind totally focused on your vision. Right, because you can't control what the other competitors are doing anyway. Of course, of course not. Right. So let me ask you this. The gymnastics girls are generally pretty young. I mean, gymnastics is one of those rare sports that almost the younger you are, the better you are because you haven't 
grown into your body yet. Your center of gravity is in a pretty steady place until you start to grow into your body and things change and you have to do a lot of adjusting as you get a little bit older. So since these athletes are so young, how do you incorporate their parents into the coaching process? Because that's obviously a really important part of what you're doing. Yeah. Well, parents are definitely part of the mix when working with uh, junior athletes. You know, even in the Olympics, you have to be 16 to, for, for a gymnast to be an, an Olympian, she has to be 16 in the Olympic year. And a lot of our gymnasts, you know, are actually, you know, 18, 19. You know, they're still pretty young, though. In some ways, they're immature. But parents can really add pressure to athletes. And usually, like I said earlier, these athletes put so much pressure on themselves that when they have parental pressure also, Mm. they tend to combust a little bit. Like I tend to think of it as a triangle. You have like the coach, the parent, and the athlete. And if the coach is a high-level, intense coach, which most coaches are, and the parent Mm -hmm. is a high-level, intense parent, and the athlete is a high-level, intense athlete, that's just kind of a formula for disaster. So we need to balance that out somewhere. And I usually talk to parents about being very Jamaican, about being very cool, like, mm-hmm. you know, I love you no matter what and no worries and mm-hmm. everything's, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, if they need to take a shot before watching their athlete compete, that's great, whatever they yeah. need to do. <laughs> yeah. do, you think it's, do you think it's harder on a young competitor when their parent was also an elite athlete before them? Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we all want our parents to be proud of us. And um, if the parent is an elite athlete... They're probably a very achievement-oriented person. And so a, a lot of young athletes, when their parents are really successful, they tend to think, I'll only be loved if I achieve. And whether that's right or wrong, oh, you know. That's a dangerous mindset. Yeah. Yes. And they believe that. Again, and, you know, the parent might say, it doesn't matter to me. It's okay. But even with all those words, I think a lot of those young athletes that have successful, even successful in other areas, parents, feel like if I'm not good enough, my parent won't love me quite as much. Mm. Mm. And, you know, there are definitely applications to, to that outside of sports, too. I mean, if, if parents are pressuring their children to get good grades and they bring home a B-plus instead of an A, I mean, in some households, a, a B is just as bad as an F. And that can be a really dangerous course to follow. Yeah, very dangerous. I mean, we're already seeing it be dangerous for these kids where overachiever kids are, you know, there's a higher rate of suicide in mm. those kinds of kids even these days and a higher le- le- uh, rate of ulcers. So it's important that parents love their children for who they are as well as what they do. And they really praise character yeah. as much as they praise achievement. That's so important right now. That is really important. I think character development is probably the most important thing that that anyone can get out of life at all. I think sports is really an awesome arena to develop character because you learn how to win gracefully. You learn how to lose gracefully. Yeah. As long as coaches and parents all keep it in a good good perspective and don't get too much on the winning train. Yeah. We've got less than a minute to our next break. Is there any final thought you'd like to share about uh, having this experience with the gymnastics team? Well, I guess, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking about what we were just talking about as a parent, um, you know, I'm a parent now also, even though my son's really young, but I think of sports as a metaphor for life, and it's really important that parents see sports that way, and with everything that happens in sports, that they keep looking at it as, how would I want my son or daughter to handle this when they're 20? Mm-hmm. 
because everything that happens in sport happens in life too. That's great. And we are coming up against our next break. I am with Allie Arnold. We talked about her experience as the sports psychologist for the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team. And we will come right back after this next break. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. There's a new sheriff in town. All right, boys, it's time to bulletproof your taxes. It's Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network, with Bulletproof Your Taxes. You can't avoid IRS problems with her audit proofing system. You know time is running out. The IRS is looking for you and your business, and it's only going to get worse, because they're determined to close as many loopholes that currently exist for virtual businesses. Nellie knows this to be true, because she's a former IRS tax audit supervisor. So you know she knows her stuff. And learn how to beat, not cheat the IRS, and keep more of what's yours so it doesn't become theirs. Check out her website, bulletproofyourtaxes.com. Imagine the peace of mind knowing your taxes are bulletproof. So we'll see you here, partner, for Bulletproof Your Taxes, Fridays at 1 Eastern, with Nellie Williams, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My special guest this week is Doc Alley, Alley Arnold. If you want to call in and talk to her and ask any kind of question, uh, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. In the last segment, we talked about how Alley is the sports psychologist for the U.S. women's gymnastics team, uh, the Olympic gymnastics team. And she has also done some work with uh, reality television shows on VH1, most notably the show that was called Scott Bayo, 45 and Single. So I have to ask, I mean, we, a lot of us grew up 
loving Scott Bayo on his yeah. Chachi. Yeah. And then Charles in Charge, where he and Willie Ames were buddies. Of and course, of course. Babysitting the young kids. Yes. And all of his adventures. And so let me just ask you this. How, how did you find out about this opportunity and how did you end up getting to work with Scott Bayo? Well, I think this is a great story. And it's a great story in terms of you never know what's going to happen in your life and to go for everything. Like, don't let people tell you that'll never happen. So what happened was um, a friend of mine sent me an ad and it said Life Coach Wanted for TV show. And I called them up. I was very nonchalant about it because it just said life coach wanted for TV show. And I didn't know if this was legit really or if this was like some UCLA film project um, or what it was. So I called them up and uh, they said, great, you know, we, you know, send us a resume and we're interviewing these two days in L.A. And I live in Phoenix, Arizona, actually. Mm. And I looked at my calendar And it just happened to be that I was going to be in L.A. those two days that they were interviewing. I was doing a USA Gymnastics event. And Mm. so I went in. And meanwhile, I still didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I just went and I uh, went to this interview. And I did an on-camera interview. And um, I just gave it my all. Because when I walked in, I saw these posters for The Biggest Loser. It was the same company that does The Biggest Loser, Three Ball Productions. And I went, oh my God, this is really a legitimate gig, you know? Yes. And I started to get a little scared. And my own fear started coming in, in, into my way. All the things, you know, all the what ifs, or am I good enough, or am I going to speak well enough? You know, all the things that we question ourselves about that really block us from mm-hmm. being the best we can be. So all my fears started talking. And I said, shut up, shut up, shut up. All right. All you're going to do is you're going to go in there and you're going to give it. You're just going to give it. You're going to give it 100% and not worry about all this stuff. And I made a conscious decision to do that. And I went in there and, and you know, just did the best I could and got a call back and did the call back. And then I was selected as Scott Bayo's life coach for, for that show and for the sequel for season two. Yeah. So how how long was the season? Was it six, eight, ten, twelve episodes? It was eight episodes, and then I did three episodes in the season two. Okay. Scott Bayo was 46 and pregnant. Yes. You know, yes. it's funny, and my own life kind of paralleled that show, because at the time, I was 45 and single. Not at the time, but a little while later, about a year later, I was 45 and single, and then I was 46 and pregnant. So mm. it, was, it was interesting. A lot of people like talk and laugh about how my life ended up imitating that particular show with Scott Bale. Wow. Did you ever talk to him about that subject? Yeah, yeah. He's always thought it was funny, too. That's great. Yeah. Well, both the Scott Bale show and another show called Charm School, both of those being on VH1, centered around you helping people overcome their fears and their inhibitions. How difficult is it to help people do things they don't really, really want to do? Well, if you don't really, really want to do it, then it's really, really, really difficult. As many reallys as you have and don't want to do it, (laughs) equal how (laughs) difficult it is in helping people do it. Mm -hmm. Really, it's about helping people do what they want to do. And seeing what's getting in their way and helping them take little risks to step through that door. You know, they say that the biggest lifter of self-esteem from low self-esteem to high self-esteem is Mm -hmm. simply taking a risk. 
And as we take more and more risks, the more our self-esteem grows and grows and grows. So that's my job, to help people look at what's stopping them, how bad do you really want it, and are you willing to take the risks that it needs for you to get it? Hmm. That is a really interesting point. You said the, uh, the biggest self-esteem lifter is the willingness to take a risk. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't take a risk because they don't feel like they're capable or perhaps even worthy. I think worthiness is a huge, huge issue. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you find that a lot of the people that you help, it, it's it's a matter of feeling unworthy or do you think it's a matter of, of unwillingness or maybe a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's it's unworthy or not good enough. I think a mm. lot of us have this not good enough virus that tends yeah. to infect our being um, and we, we start to compare and you know we, we have such big inner critics these days and I, yeah. I feel like if you have an inner critic that motivates you, like an inner critic that says, no, no, you can be better, that's one thing. But most of us have inner critics that just say, you know, you're not, you're not worth it, you're not good enough to do that, um, no one mm-hmm. will want you to do that. And the way we talk to ourselves then is projected mm-hmm. out into our reality. And that's mm-hmm. really the hardest thing to get over, our own yeah. inner critic. Yeah. Do you think this is why people tend to play it safe as they go through their life? Yeah, I think, I think people tend to play it safe to avoid pain. You know, we all want to avoid rejection or avoid seeing our worst fears come true. You know, and the irony of that whole thing is usually they don't. You know, usually what comes true is your your greatest gift or your greatest joy will really be what happens. Or if you can change your focus from outcome, and just like I did in that interview, you know, I, I got out of outcome when I was interviewing for the Scott Bayo show, and I simply said, I don't want to live a halfway life. You know, I want to live a full, all-out life, and I'm going to give it here. And that is so key. You know, when you decide to live an all-in life, then that combats a lot of your fear, and you're just willing to take a risk. That is such a great point. Avoiding pain and rejection, get out of your outcome, just like you did in that interview, and just go all-in and worry more about the effort you're putting in and doing your best and being your best you and not worry about what happens because the universe will will do what it's going to do if you are in the moment, if you're giving, if you are living your highest gift. Does that sound right? Oh, definitely. And when you're doing that, mm-hmm. and I, I know that you've probably talked about this before, I mean, when, when you're doing that, the universe really does conspire to create amazing things for you. Yeah, yeah. But again, you have to get out of the outcome focused. When you're focused on I want, I want, I want, I want, instead of I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, then um, you usually don't get what you want as much. Yeah, that's a big paradigm shift mm-hmm. and very, a very important one to make. So let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you something that seems to be the cornerstone uh, of really all of your work. How do limiting beliefs tend to paralyze us? Oh, well, if we look at the world as a world of energy, and you're in connection with that energy that is, that is the world we live in, and whenever you have a limiting belief, so that limiting belief might be, okay, let's just use the one we've been talking about, I'm not good enough. 
Right. You know, you've heard before what you think about, you bring about. And that's definitely true. What You're like a radio tower controlling your world in so many ways. And if you keep thinking about that, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, the universe and the world brings you back that same response. You're not good enough. So wow. limiting beliefs totally can contaminate the web of your world, so to speak. That's what I would look at it. You know, sometimes I think about that old saying, Give a hoot, don't pollute. Do you remember like yes. the owl? Give a hoot, don't pollute. Oh, and yeah. I think, I think all my limiting beliefs are polluting how I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. So, so the more that I can like clean it out, clean it out, clean it out, and keep my mind in a good place, the more that I'm going to create good things for myself and oh, for, the, yeah. for people around me. Yeah, that is, that is so, so important. Um, because really everyone has a great gift inside them and when oh, yeah. you don't, and when you don't think you're good enough, you're not going to do anything about it. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, that's the theme of this show is, is achieving success and finding your inner greatness. And what would you recommend to somebody who, uh, is really struggling with that? Just, just really believe in who they are, do a, a skills assessment. How do you, what would you recommend? Well, I'm a really practical, um, life coach also. So I like things to be very action oriented. Yes. You know, and so the first thing that I work on with people usually would be having a clear vision. You have to have a clear vision first. Who are you? What do you want? What has always come natural to you? What would you do if money were no object? You know, really looking at at what you want to create in your life. That's the first thing. Then it is looking at those limiting beliefs and being able to ask yourself a very crucial question, which is, is that true? You know, when you have a limiting belief, like, am I enough? Well, you're going to ask yourself, like some of Byron Katie's information in, in the work. I don't know if you're familiar with Byron Katie. I've heard but, Yeah, she's a her? great yeah. uh, author who talks a lot about that question. Is that true, what you're thinking? Because most of the time your negative thoughts aren't true. Mm. So it's really um, identifying the vision, identifying what's getting in your way, asking yourself, is that true? Mm. Filling yourself up with the truth and feeding that truth and then ultimately taking risks that are going to support that truth. That's awesome. We have less than a minute to go until our final break. I just want to ask a real quick question. Is working... Brian, you cut out, so I don't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, is working with celebrities different from working with other people? We just have a few seconds. Um, no, I think we all, I think celebrities are, have the same insecurities that we all have, if not a little more. Mm. And uh, I think we all fight the same demons. We all are fighting the same demons on this loony balloon that yeah. we're riding on right now. Yeah. They might that have sounds, a little more pressure. That sounds about right. But... Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a little more pressure, but we all have pressure as well. Absolutely. And we are going to our final break. My, my, how quickly the show goes. We are on with Allie Arnold today, and this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us on the other side for our final segment. See you then. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you love Christmas, this is your show. It's Show Me Decorating with the Christmas decorating experts, Becky McCraney and Kathy Harrison. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Becky and Kathy of Show Me Decorating are out to save the world from ugly Christmas trees. You can get rescued today by purchasing the Show Me Decorating tree trimming app for only $2.99. Available from the App Store, at iTunes, and on ShowMeDecorating.com. Each week, we invite you to join us here on the Rockstar Radio Network and come feel the glitter and spend a little time with these ladies in their exotic Texas draw as they share their enthusiasm for Christmas decorating. So be here Tuesday mornings to learn from the real designers, industry experts, and guest artists in the Christmas biz that will surprise and inspire you. It's Show Me Decorating with the Christmas decorating experts, Becky McCraney and Kathy Harrison. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio network are you yearning to connect with those close to you who have passed on do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection now you do it's time for alex laws and the alex laws hour wednesdays at 2 p.m central here on the rockstar radio network alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side not your traditional psychic medium alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Star Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is our final segment. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Doc Ali Arnold. And we've been talking about mindset, limiting beliefs, and the applications uh, that go with it. And Ali has written a book called Scream and Run Naked. So, Ali, let's <laughs> talk about your book. I mean, yeah. where, did, where did this title come from? Oh, my gosh. I know. It's quite a crazy title, isn't it? Scream and Run Naked. It's attention-getting. Well, yes, it's attention-getting. Well, um, as I was saying earlier in the show, there's a point in my life, especially in graduate school, where I felt like I was just a cog in the machine, and I was running and running and running through my life, and I was getting a psychology degree. And I went to my psychology professor, who I really connected with, and I said to him, how do you feel alive? I said, I just feel like I'm just a cog in the machine, and I just am not feeling anything. Mm -hmm. And he said you know, Allie, this is what I do. Every morning before the sun comes up, I go out on my back porch and I take off all my clothes and I just start running, screaming at the top of my lungs through my yard. Mm. (laughs) And he said, that's what I do to feel alive. And I know that I was like this little graduate student and, you know, had a little crush on my professor. And I remember looking at him like, what? 
you know, <laughs> what do you do? You scream and run naked? And, and when, when he told me this, we both laughed. And what he meant was, you know, he didn't mean that literally. Although, you know, I think he, you know, this is in Eugene, Oregon. So he really probably did do it literally. I believe that he did. <laughs> he was that kind of guy. But okay. what he was talking about was he was talking about taking off your armor, taking off your fear and screaming your life. You know, this is me. This is this is who I am. And feeling the elements and taking a chance that there might be pain, but really um, living that all out big life like we were talking about earlier. Mm. So that's where Screaming Run Naked is from. That's great. And while I'm thinking about it, where can we get this book in case someone is interested in checking this out? Oh, you can get the book at um, either docallyarnold.com or you can get it through amazon.com. And it's um, Screaming Run Naked is the story of my trip to Nepal and my staying in the monastery interwoven with, you know, tips on how you can live that screaming and naked life yourself. And then I have a workbook called living the screaming and naked life, which is a 14 week, week by week workbook on how to live that life. I have another book called the leadership warrior. That's also a 26 week. Hmm. How do you wow. become that type of warrior? So you can see all that wow. at docallyarnold.com. Great. And Allie is spelled A-L-I, not yeah. A-L-L-Y. No. People might, people might spell that wrong. So that's D-O-C-A-L-I-A-R-N-O-L-D.com. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Any favorite examples you want to share out of the book that we haven't talked about yet? Oh, my gosh. I learned so much um, from that, that trip to Nepal. I mean, I learned so much about compassion. I learned so much about joy. Mm. Um, I definitely learned so much about taming my crazy crazy mind um there there's so many stories there's stories about change i remember that i was uh sweeping the leaves to outside my hut and that's something that you do this is actually a monastery in thailand and i would sweep the leaves and i would think oh this is going to be the cleanest hut these monks have ever seen and i got into my competition and then you know a minute later the wind would blow and there'd be leaves all over my path again. Mm. And I just learned about, you know, letting go a lot about letting go. Mm. Wow. That's great. And, uh, you have a seminar experience that goes hand in hand with this book. Am I right about that? Yeah. And that's the best thing about a lot of the work I do that we do scream and run naked weekend. And people are like, do I have to scream and run naked? It's scream and run naked weekend. And <laughs> some people, some people might choose to scream and run naked, but mm-hmm. we do a three day retreat here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's Friday night, all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday. And it's yeah. all about that. It's all about what is stopping you. And it's quite an intense weekend. So it isn't for the faint of heart. Right. But um, it's it's an you don't leave in the same place you walk in. That's for sure. Wow, that's that sounds really amazing. Is yeah, your next is. one is your next one coming up uh, anytime in the future? We are going to do one, I believe, in the winter. We um we were scheduling for a year, but then I I I don't know if I said but I just had a baby, so mm-hmm, yes. I have I have a eleven week old baby. Mm. So right now I'm taking a little hiatus from the weekend, but I think we're gonna we're gonna um go back and start them in, in the winter. But you can check my website or get on my mailing list for that. That's great. And again, that's www.docallyarnold.com to check out yeah. her book, to check out her seminar. Wow. It does sound like a very intensive weekend. So that would probably be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And it is really, it's really experiential and very intense. And I always say that Screaming Naked Weekend is kind of like doing 10 sessions of coaching, like mm-hmm. all at once. You go through Screaming Naked and you've already done like 10 sessions of coaching. Now, some people do coaching follow-ups and stuff with me after that. But mm-hmm. after Screaming Naked, you're definitely in a, in a new place ready to take on the world. Great. You also have a program called Head Games. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Well, Head Games is my mental toughness training program. Okay. And mainly that's uh, for athletes. I do that with athletes. And we do one-on-one coaching. And we also do something called Head Games Web Camp, where I work with athletes of all ages and you um, pay by the month. And then we do five classes a week. And normally athletes just pick one class a week to go to online, and it's mm-hmm. live and it's interactive. And we work from a workbook that I wrote called The Athlete Warrior. Mm. So, um, Head Games is both one on one, more mental toughness for sports, and then it's also like our Head Games web camp. We have tons. Sometimes I'll do a web camp on Sunday nights. I just did one last night, and we'll mm. have 40 kids in there, 40 young mm. athletes from all over the country, mm-hmm. training their minds to, to really achieve excellence in their sport. So, Webcamps, okay. an awesome program. Great. So that's primarily for younger people? Yeah, I think it's mostly for junior athletes from around okay. 10 to 18. Mm-hmm. Do your Olympic athletes go through this course with you as well? Many of them did or do, yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, you also worked with the figure skate. You also worked with the, with the Figure Skating Federation, is that right? Yeah, I worked for U.S. figure skating. Um, I was the sports psychologist for Australia's ski team uh, mm. for the 2006 Torino Olympics, so worked with mm. them for several years before that, those Olympics. Wow. So um, a lot of different sports. I've done, I've done yo-yo, professional yo-yo, mm-hmm. <laughs> but wow. uh, lots of golf, lots of gymnastics, figure skating. Hmm, that's awesome. So baseball pitchers. It. Oh, yeah, baseball pitchers. Oh, you, my goodness, very mental. Were- you work with uh, professional, like major league baseball. I do. Ball players, then I or college. Do. Okay, but college and professional. I work with several pitchers, both professional and college. Pitching That's is right. very mental. It Once is. you have a negative thought, it's translated to your hand, just like a golf club. Absolutely, and it's you know I love baseball. It's one of my favorite sports, and it just seems like when a pitcher starts to go wrong, it just unravels. Yes, and they say that baseball players are some of the most mental. So, but I won't say I won't I won't say that I believe that or not. <laughs> yeah, well, they're certainly among the most superstitious of athletes. I would say. Yes, for sure. You know, if if you won your last game and you wore a certain pair of socks, you know, death to the one who steals your socks because I want to sure. wear them. Yeah, because I want to wear those next time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, let me just ask, in terms of the scream and run naked and the head games, I would like to ask who generally would be a good candidate to participate in these kinds of events. Head games, you said, is for athletes. Scream and run naked. Is there uh, any particular uh, type of per- no, person or uh, no. demographic that you tend to attract for that? Well, Screaming and Naked really is for anyone that would like to take their life to the next level. I I notice that we do get a lot of people in transition. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we get people that are just going through a relationship change. Mm. Um, Sometimes we have people that are in a job transition or in a job that they don't like, that they really want to do their own thing, but they're a little scared, you know, afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of um, people that have a little bit 
of something they don't feel good about in their lives. Where mm-hmm. head games, head games one on one is for any anyone, any athlete. And again, the weekend warrior to the Olympian and professional. More of our web camp is more for youth sports. Okay. So uh, a lot of your coaching is done in a live seminar, seminar format. I know you do live one-on-one coaching with people. Let me ask, if there are people who live far away from you or who might find it difficult to attend one of your live events for whatever reason, do you do um, online-based coaching too? Yeah, I do tons of coaching over Skype. As a matter of fact, I would say because I work with athletes and um, business people all over the world, that I would say that probably two-thirds of my business is over Skype. So, you know, it's great that Skype and, you know, WebEx, which is what we use for um, WebCamp, um, Mm -hmm. makes it so you can tune in whenever and wherever, and it it really has made our world a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. And do you do this one-on-one, or do you also do smaller groups to make it a little more manageable and affordable for everybody? I do um, one-on-one for, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll do small group if people get their own group together, but okay. mostly I do one-on-one unless people do our web camp. I don't have other small groups that I run, okay. um, but if people had a small group together, I'd be happy to do them. Okay. We've got a little over a minute left, and I want to ask my favorite question that I like to ask everybody at the end of the show, and, and if you have an answer, I'd love it. Who inspires and motivates you, Allie? Ah. Uh, who inspires and motivates me? I'd have to say, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about the Dalai Lama lately. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was born on the Dalai Lama's birthday, so I've been thinking a lot about the Dalai Lama. Oh, and wow. And he, he is definitely an inspiration to me and just, just living life. You know, the people like Dalai Lama, Mother Teresa, um, people that have, that have really given their life to help help people shine. I think those people inspire me the most. That's fantastic. So we are coming up against uh, the end of the show. Once again, where can we get your book, Allie? You can get my book or you can contact me with questions or or comments at docallyarnold.com. It's D-O-C-A-L-I-A-R-N-O-L-D.com. Love to hear from you. All right, D-O-C-A-L-I-A-R-N-O-L-D. And we are at the end of the show. This has been Success Profiles Radio. This uh, podcast will be available to listen to within an hour after the show. It will be available for free download on iTunes within a couple of hours at the end of the show. Again, that's at successprofilesradio.com. Link up with me on Facebook. Link up with me on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. See you next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I will have another fantastic show. Thank you for listening to Success Profiles Radio. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, we'll